parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hello, and welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I am so glad you're here. In today's episode, I'm answering a listener question. Our listener sent a voice DM on Instagram asking, what do I do when my kids tease each other? She cited an example of it's the morning, it's before school, and one of the kids seems to be having a tough morning. And then one of her other sons will start teasing the child who's having a hard time. So maybe making a noise over and over, even though the son who is struggling is begging his brother to stop. I felt really compelled to answer this question for so many reasons. I get a lot of questions from you all wanting to know how to navigate difficult sibling dynamics like this, but also because I am living this right alongside you, this is a dynamic we deal with in our house a lot between my eight-year-old and five-year-old sons. And let's be honest, this is really frustrating to watch this unfold as a parent. You can feel really powerless. You can feel really annoyed. And I know it's really easy to wonder exactly like this mom did, what in the world is going on in these moments? Like, why are you doing this? You seemed fine why can't you just leave your sibling alone? I think it can seem really purposeful when one child is picking on the other, is just doing something that is irking their sibling. And they're doing it over and over and over, despite their sibling's requests, maybe even begging for them to stop. What gives? Why do our kids do this? Now, I should note that our listener who messaged me, she did say, I know It's probably not purposeful, and I'm aware that probably, even though the son who's doing the teasing seems fine, he's probably dysregulated. And I thought that was a very astute and probably accurate assumption, right? Even when our kids seem fine, if they are doing something that seems off, if they're frustrating somebody else, if they're not listening to requests they are probably dysregulated. And that dysregulation might not be obvious from looking at them. It's not obvious on the surface, but when we look at the behavior and when we understand that behavior is communication, then we can get curious, okay, what is going on? And that's exactly what this mom who messaged me is doing. She's saying, I know this isn't just bad behavior. I believe that there's something going on, but what? what might be going on and how can I help both of them, especially in the morning when we're getting ready for school and there's a lot going on and it's really hard to take time away from the group of siblings to go co-regulate with one of them. So if you've got multiple children, you can probably relate to this listener question. And I wanted to do an episode on sibling teasing because it is something that if you have multiple children, you're going to deal with. And it is so frustrating, as I mentioned before. So we're going to unpack what's going on in these moments. And we're going to talk about some strategies to intervene effectively. 
Now, before we jump into that, I just wanted to remind you that I have an amazing free resource for you. It's called Six Mindset Shifts to Ditch the Overwhelm and Parent in a Way that Feels Good. I talk all the time on this podcast about how perspective, how mindset is everything when it comes to parenting. Take today's question, for example. It's really easy to look at a kid who's making an annoying noise over and over and over despite being asked not to. It's so easy to look at that child and see that behavior as bad, as defiant, to think of that child as a child who just doesn't care about his sibling, who wants to hurt other people. And for most of us, when we were growing up, if we were doing something like that, we were probably punished. So it is basically hardwired into our brains that this is bad behavior and that we have to get it to stop at whatever cost. These are moments where it's really easy to get pulled into a way of parenting that doesn't feel good for anybody, not for you, not for your child, not for your other kids, for your partner who might be around. We can start to feel angry, triggered, tense when we look at this as bad behavior. But when you have the mindset, the perspective to be able to look at this moment and go, okay, this kid doesn't look like he's having a hard time, but chances are good that he is actually struggling. He wouldn't be doing this otherwise. Behavior is communication. Just like this mom did, you can get curious. You can say, okay, this is really frustrating and I want to say that it's bad behavior, but I know that it's not. Help me understand. You can seek out help. You can get curious. You can talk about it with your child. You can talk about it with your partner. But when you don't have that perspective, you are going to respond as though your child is being bad. And that is going to make everything harder. Your child will get further dysregulated. You will get further dysregulated. And the whole morning can easily spin out of control. In order to get your mindset in the right place, to face these really hard moments in parenting, you need to download this guide. It has the six major mindset shifts that I had to make to get to a place where I generally parent in a way that feels good. Not always and not perfectly, but so much of the time I have that perspective to say, okay, this is hard. I don't love this moment, but I know how to respond. I know what to do. I know this is a good kid having a tough time. I'm a good parent trying my best in this moment. You can get your copy totally free at raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. Okay, so now let's unpack sibling teasing. And I just want to say, first of all, that if you have multiple children and this is happening in your home, this is so normal. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with your child. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with the sibling relationship. It doesn't mean that you have mean-spirited kids who are going to bully other kids. These are all things that I have heard from concerned parents. But none of those things are true. So let's all take a collective deep breath. Let's be glad that this is normal behavior for siblings. And also let's acknowledge that it's incredibly frustrating to watch your kids intentionally provoke each other. That feels really frustrating as a parent. It can feel so purposeful and it can bring out all kinds of triggered feelings in you. So let's just acknowledge that this is really, really hard just to watch, to witness, to see this play out. So now let's talk about some of the reasons that siblings might tease each other. Here are a few common reasons, and this is not in any particular order. The first one is pretty obvious, and that is that the sibling who is being teased did something to frustrate the other sibling. 
So the sibling who's doing the teasing is frustrated with the sibling who they are teasing, and they don't yet have the skills to navigate that conflict in a healthy way. And so it comes out through teasing. So when one of your kids perceives something as unfair, that maybe they think that their sister got something that they didn't, and they're really frustrated and they don't quite know how to say that, or maybe they say it and you say, I hear you. I get that. Not everything is going to be fair. This is hard. I know. And they haven't fully let go of and released those feelings. And so they might try to release those feelings through teasing. Your child might be feeling jealous of the sibling who they're teasing. So our listener who asked the question mentioned in her letter that this often happens in her household, at least when one child is having a tough morning and then the other child will start teasing. This could be, and obviously I don't know this to be the case, but this could be because the child who is struggling is getting overt co-regulation from the parents and the child who's doing the teasing might feel a need to connect with the parents might feel a need to fill that connection cup and not quite know how to express it. Maybe not even be fully conscious of it. And I think that's a really important distinction here. Our kids are often not fully conscious of their feelings. They might not even realize that they're feeling jealous, but they might see that their sibling is getting that co-regulation and getting that time with mom. And this sibling might feel that they need that too. So they're trying to get their needs met by releasing this feeling of jealousy because they know, okay, my brother's having a hard time. He needs mom. I get that. And also there's this icky, unsettled feeling inside of them saying, I need that too. And again, that might be conscious or it might not be conscious and it might just get acted out through the teasing, through the provoking. I'm going to provoke you so that you can feel what I'm feeling on the inside. I don't want to feel this. This is uncomfortable. I'm going to provoke you and get you upset too. Or I'm upset with you and I'm going to show you that by making you feel something uncomfortable because you're getting this need met that I'm not. So your child might feel jealous. Your child might feel in need of connection with you. They might feel in need of connection with their sibling. They might be frustrated and want the relationship to feel different and not know how to get there. And they might be acting out these needs and feelings with each other. And what can often happen when one sibling teases or provokes or makes that annoying noise over and over and over, the other sibling often plays right into that dynamic, right? They start to get frustrated. Stop it. I said, stop it. Why won't you stop? And this, again, while it's not conscious usually to the sibling who's doing the teasing, is meeting a need. Either it's a need to express a feeling, a feeling of jealousy, a feeling of frustration. It might be a need for power and control. And so here's how that might come into play. Let's say that you have one child who's obviously having a tough morning. Everything this morning is difficult for him. He's not moving through the morning routine. He's just needing a lot from you. Most of us are going to handle that well some of the time. And some of the time we're going to get frustrated. We're going to get triggered. We're not going to handle that well. Or maybe we're working on handling that better, but in the past we've lost our cool because it's the morning and we're tired and we need to get to work on time or to school or whatever the case may be. Mornings can be really stressful for families. And so maybe in the past we've lost our cool. Maybe we're on edge. Maybe we're trying really hard to stay calm. 
but we're on edge. And I've said a million times on this podcast, but I'll say it again. It's so important. Our kids can sense that. Our kids know when we are barely holding it together and that does not feel safe in their bodies. Again, our kids need confident, sturdy leadership. So if one child is struggling and your other child or children can sense that, oh, this sibling over here is pushing mom's buttons, I can really see that. Again, this is not conscious usually for kids. Sometimes it is. But this can cause other siblings to feel like they have a lack of control over the situation, to feel unsafe. And so they might tease the sibling who's struggling as a way of regaining some power and control. I know that might sound wild because how is that going to help anything? But again, this is not a conscious premeditated choice. Much like aggressive behaviors, this is just how these feelings, these complex feelings and these needs are flying out of your kid. So it's not like your child is saying, okay, mom seems like she's about to lose her cool. Brother's over here struggling. Why don't I start teasing? That seems like a great plan. No, it's not like that. This isn't logical. This is your child feeling uncomfortable, feeling unsafe, and trying to release those feelings. So your child is dysregulated if they are teasing, if they are doing this annoying behavior over and over, trying to provoke a response out of their sibling. They're not just being annoying. They're having a hard time and we have to see it that way. That perspective shift is the first thing we need to do. We need to understand these reasons that this can happen and know that it all comes back to some sort of dysregulation. And I just wanted to add here too that there are other reasons than the ones that I mentioned that your child might be dysregulated. Your child might be dreading something that's happening at school today. Maybe there's a test or there's a peer dynamic that they're not sure how to navigate. Maybe your child is hangry and needs to eat something. Maybe your child didn't sleep well last night. There are so many, many reasons. Sometimes your child might just feel uncomfortable in their bodies, uncomfortable in their clothes, uncomfortable, irritable, and just not themselves. And that uncomfortable feeling is causing them to act out in this way that's making everybody else around them uncomfortable too. Again, it's not conscious but those are just a few other reasons your child might be dysregulated and might be showing up in this way. So now that we understand a little bit about why this can happen and that it does mean that something is going on for the child doing the teasing, how do we intervene? So I'm going to give you some strategies that you can apply beforehand. So before any teasing happens outside the heat of the moment, I'm also going to talk about what you can do in the heat of the moment. Because I think both are really important. And I think it's really important that we review the idea that in the moment when you have a dysregulated child, your goal is only to co-regulate. Your goal is not to teach lessons. Your goal is not to come up with solutions in that moment to solve problems. Your goal is simply to co-regulate. So let's talk about the moment first, and then we're going to talk about what we can go back and do later when things are calm to prepare us and insulate us and give us some tools and strategies for when this happens again, because it will, right? Sadly, it will happen again. Okay. So let's talk about in the moment. Let's say it's the morning, your kids are getting ready for school, maybe sitting there waiting for you to cook them breakfast. One child is struggling. He's been having a hard morning the whole time. And now one of your other kids who seemed to be doing fine 
starts provoking their sibling who is struggling, starts making a noise that they don't like, starts looking at them funny. I mean, how many times has that happened, right? One sibling looks at the other in a way they don't like, and that sets them off. Maybe start saying something about them, making fun of them. Some action that feels provocative to the other child. What do you do in that moment? Okay, so the name of the game here is co-regulation. And in order to co-regulate, we have to first regulate ourselves. So that is your first step. You have to get regulated. And I want you to really check in with yourself because this is a challenging dynamic. It can make us feel super irritable as parents. But in order to really show up the way your kids need you to, you need to take a deep breath. You need to remind yourself this is normal behavior. Doesn't mean you have a bad kid. Doesn't mean something's wrong with you as a parent or your kids or their relationship. This is normal. You have to remind yourself that you've got this and that the name of the game is co-regulation. This is not a kid who's trying to give everyone a hard time. This is a kid who's having a hard time. And how can I help right now? So a lot of times when we have a kid who's teasing, we start with, please stop. I asked you to stop. He's asking you to stop. Why aren't you stopping, right? Does that sound familiar, that escalation? If it does, you are not alone, but I need you to make a mindset shift in this moment. If you are focusing on getting the teasing to stop, which makes sense because the teasing seems to be the problem in this moment, I want you to shift into focusing instead on seeing the kid who is teasing as a kid who's struggling. And I want you to communicate that to them. So you're going to say something like, I can tell you're having a really hard time. I know you wouldn't be teasing your brother if you weren't having a rough morning. Do you want to go talk about it? And if you have a deeply feeling kid, a kid who, if you call that out directly, it might fuel the fire, you can say it privately. In fact, sometimes I will whisper it. I have a deeply feeling kid. My oldest really doesn't like some of the things that really work well for other kids. So for him, I would go to him and I would whisper that. In fact, I might not even whisper. I might touch his shoulder and I would just look at him and I'd say, are you okay? You know your child best, but you want to communicate to the child doing the teasing that you see them. And then you can say to the other child who's getting teased, it seems like your brother's really having a hard time right now. And I know you're having a hard time too. It's not okay for him to tease you. It's not okay that you're asking him to stop and he's not stopping. He must be having a really hard time right now. And I'm going to help him. And at this point, you can figure out what it is your child needs from you the most. The child who was doing the teasing might need some space. You might want to help facilitate a break from each other in this case. You might ask one child to help you with something or ask the one who's doing the teasing if they can get their backpack ready. Or this might be a good time to send your child out onto the front porch and say, hey, why don't you go see what the weather's like and whether you need a jacket today? Now, if you have the time, and I know in the morning in particular, it really feels like we don't, but sometimes taking even two minutes away with the child who is doing the teasing can really reset the morning. And then you can separately take a break with the other child too. You can just quickly say, hey, come talk to me over here. And then ask them, what's going on, buddy? You seem like you're having a tough time. And see if they can verbalize for you 
what's going on. Let them know I'm here. You're not in trouble. I just want to help you. I want to make sure you have a good morning and I want to help you have a good day. Now, again, all of this requires that we are calm and regulated. So if you feel irritable, if you feel ready to snap, take a minute and regulate yourself. If you can't do that, let your kids know, wow, there are a lot of big feelings in this room this morning. Let's take some deep breaths together. Who wants to do that with me? Now, you might not get full participation. They might stay silly and dysregulated. You can still model it. And in that moment, you are still co-regulating because you're providing a narrative for what is going on, for the collective family energy. You're calling it out. You're saying, this is tough. Yes, I feel irritable. And it's not your fault. We are all just having a tough morning. Let's see if we can stop and regulate together. Now, the listener who wrote in mentioned that sometimes she ends up having to send them to the car separately in order to keep the kids regulated. And I just want to say, because I know that feels like not a real strategy. It feels like it's not sustainable. It feels like I shouldn't have to be doing that. But I actually think that's a pretty great strategy when you realize that they just can't be together in that moment and you still have to get them to school, staggering their entry to the car and letting them one go and sit and maybe read a book and then getting the other's coats on, etc. That is actually a really adaptive strategy. Now, let's talk about what we can do ahead of time before that hard moment. I think I've mentioned before on this podcast that I have a signal with each of my two older kids. We've come up with this together. This is their signal to say, I need help right now. I need you. And so when they give me that signal, I know to pull them aside and say, okay, hey, what's going on? Now, I also have a signal that I use for each of them that I will give to say, oof, your behavior is telling me you're having a hard time. I've talked to them about how behavior is communication. I actually say to them, I know kids do well when they can. So they know when I give them that signal that that is me saying kids do well when they can. You're not doing so well right now. So I know you must be struggling. Sometimes the signal is enough for them to stop and regulate themselves. And sometimes it's not. And that's okay. In that moment, I'm communicating that I see their struggle. I don't even have to use words. And then sometimes from there, I can just say, hey, do you want to go talk about it? You can also talk after a hard morning about what was going on this morning. You were really, really going hard on your brother. You were teasing him. You were provoking him. What was going on? You must have been pretty upset to do something like that. And oftentimes after the fact, kids will have more insight than they do in the moment. It can be super helpful to have your kids start to connect the dots around their own behavior so that next time they might recognize this when it's happening. Remember above all else that your kids want to be in your good graces. They don't want to do things that irritate you. Also remember that the sibling relationship, while it can be wonderful and have a lot of depth and be a really beautiful thing, sibling relationships are inherently complicated because our kids know that while our love might not be finite, that we might have infinite love for them and that we might have infinite love for their brother or sister, They know that our time and our attention is finite. We cannot endlessly give of ourselves. And that can feel really threatening to kids who are trying to get their attachment needs met. So remember that, honor that, accept that as a fact of raising multiple children. It doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. And it doesn't mean that these kids aren't going to have a wonderful relationship down the line. It just means that a lot of feelings are going to play out in the sibling dynamic. 
a lot of these sorts of struggles are going to come up. So if you can see them through the lens of this is normal, this is expected, how can I co-regulate right now really is the question. And sometimes that comes down to using tools and strategies like the signals that you've come up with ahead of time. And sometimes it comes down to separating them in whatever ways that you need to, as long as you're doing it in a way that feels safe and respectful to them. And you can go back and listen to my episode on shepherding through if you're wondering how to separate them in a way that feels kind and respectful and like you are a confident, sturdy leader. But separating them sometimes is the only way in the moment. And that's okay. So I know that I'm not giving you a quick fix. I know that this might feel like a lot of work, but I promise you the more you successfully co-regulate in these moments, the less over time it's going to happen. That doesn't mean it's never going to happen, but the less it will happen, the more your child understands what's happening and why they're behaving in this way. And the more your child knows that you still see the good kid through the super annoying triggering difficult behavior that is teasing. So I hope this was helpful. And until next time, we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.